It always counts down and I forget. I, I know mm. it's, it's like a, I'm like a goldfish. Do are we recording? Yeah. Why? What happened? Oh no! I I do goldfish. <laughs> do goldfish not have memories? They have bad memories. I did not. I've never heard that before. I learned that from an Ani DeFranco song. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that love isn't real from an Ani DeFranco song. Uh, I think she'd say opposite. Now she's happy. Oh, good for her. I think so, anyway. She has children. She's, you know, she's doing all right. Okay. She is... Uh, I I used to watch Quarantine Kitchen every week, which was like this live stream that Elton Brown and his relatively new wife, um, Elizabeth Ingram, would do. Okay. And uh, then he kind of went off the rails and had like, it just got way too hammered on an empty stomach and bummed me out. So he's a little too erratic for me to watch. Um, but All Brown, like, like, yeah, gotta, <laughs> I kind of have to see that. <laughs> they were in, they took, they pulled, they pulled it down. Ah, damn. Yeah. No, it was a thing where like they had gone to, I want to say Knoxville. It was it was somewhere in Tennessee. Like they live they live near Atlanta. Right. And they'd gone to Knoxville for him to shoot something. Like um whatever the reality show kind of cooking show he does is. And I think he had spent the whole day shooting and then like they had gotten takeout in their hotel from from somewhere that had been recommended to them. So like instead of cooking at home, this was what they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. And he just got really I think that's my theory is he he had too many drinks before the food came and then he just like lost his mind and he was all freaked out about it was right after the election. And so he was worried about, um, you know, that that Trump was going to take the election anyway, because he was saying he was going to. And so he said all this stuff about like. Actually, I. I don't know if it was that night or I think a couple of days before that he had spun out on Twitter and said all this stuff about how we were going to end up in camps and people just didn't like it. And like it, not summer camps, right? No, not summer camps. And so, yeah, this, he just got super morose and I just felt so bad for his wife um, because, you know, you know that feeling when like you're with somebody who's just had too much to drink and they go. Oh, to do it. I know that feeling? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I you know, know that feeling. Like and it goes to such a they go to a dark place and like you start to feel like like you're not a particularly chipper person yourself, but you start to sound like Pollyanna because you're like, Hey, how about we have dinner? Hey, maybe yeah. Let's not talk about the camps right now about things we can't control. Um. Anyway, whatever. They were like a solid thing for me during like during the dark times of quarantine for sure. Gotcha. Um. But anyway, and what made me think of them was that uh, apparently Elizabeth, her best friend, is Annie DeFranco. Oh really? Yeah. They. I think they went to school together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's always interesting to see like people like like when you see connections and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like uh, the who's who's the blonde lady who's one of our like local-ish politicians, um, Kristen Gillibrand. Oh yeah, the senator. Yeah, she is. I think she's best friends with Connie Britton. Oh, from Nashville. 
Yeah. That's weird. Right? So random. That's weird. It's also, um, you know, the Chuck Schumer, Amy Schumer dynamic. They're they're cousins, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind of weird. Um, it kind of made sense to me, though, because, like, in theory, I would like both of them, and they, they both rub me the wrong way. Yeah, they do. Although... Like, I think they're both, yeah. like, decent people. Then I'm just also like, and I don't know about you. You're, you guys are so decent, but I would like you to be decent over there. <laughs> I would away like you me. to keep a decent distance away from me. <laughs> well, well, always being decent. <clears throat> so, um, well, how was the week? Oh, pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, it's, you know, it's getting it's getting warmer, which is nice. Yeah. Although I don't appreciate the dips in the warm where it gets cold again, and then I'm just kind of like bummed out for a hot second. Yeah, it was it was really weird because I, yeah, I had to turn my space heater back on. I was I was glad I hadn't actually put it away with the oh, if... in the seasonal appliance storage area. I mean. Where you guys live, I mean, I would never put that thing away. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the basement? <laughs> no, I just mean with regards to the landlord situation not oh, providing yeah. adequate heat. <laughs> um, I would never. The, the heat actually did come on this week a couple of times. It was it was very confusing. Yeah, it was like an above, like what? Like if it goes above um, 70, like it stays off until 70 or something like that. <laughs> I don't even know. It yeah, I don't know what kicks it on, but I woke up I woke up with my like heart racing one morning and I was like, Oh no, what's going on? You know, like my heart rate was like twenty, twenty five beats higher than it would normally be when I wake up in the morning. Okay. And then I realized it's cause it was because the heat was on. Oh, you were sweating, right? <laughs> yeah, like I was I was, you know, had like two blankets on and uh yeah. Oh boy. I think the old heart rate. The old heart rate <laughs> Um, you know what gets the heart rate up? No. Hope. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a shitty segue. <laughs> I did. The best part was I in no way saw it coming. Really? I, uh, no, I didn't. I had uh, I had not a thought in my head. <laughs> he got blindsided by hope. <laughs> um yeah hope is good well this week well we spun who spun last week you or i you did right i don't remember it's it's okay one of us spun the wheel and we we ended up with hopeful yeah so that's the emotion that we are going to speak about this week um (laughs) and i don't know there was a couple things that you know i don't know that happened over the course of the week that i guess we're hopeful yeah (laughs) I'm, i'm not sure yeah um you know what, one of the what you, like the the verdict right right what are your thoughts on it <laughs> uh man it's yeah it just sort of makes me stall out um so the the yeah what is, it's derek chauvin right derek is derek, that the guy's name yeah it is derek uh yeah. chauvin chauvin yeah i'm not sure how to pronounce the last okay name. Um, I think I got in my head that it was like chauvinist. So I've been saying chauvin. Um, gotcha. 
But anyway, the the guy who killed George Floyd. Yes. Uh, you know, he was convicted this week on all three counts, and I don't usually, I don't usually watch, um, court stuff. But um, Maeve had, Maeve had texted Meryl and I that the verdict was coming in. Yeah. And so I watched it, and it's such a, it's such a weird thing right now with masks, how they, are, uh allowing this sort of like a certain amount of privacy for people in situations recently like there was this and i i thought the same thing like watching the queen um at her husband's funeral that like in some ways like the mask is a blessing Mm. because it you know it lets you hide um yeah but anyway, so with this guy, like all you all you could see was his eyes, and watching his eyes dart back and forth while his head didn't move at all was so mm. interesting. Did you did you watch them actually read the verdicts? No. It. I mean, it wasn't anything that crazy, and I couldn't tell who he was looking at. But it was just, it was. A, I don't know. It was such a weird feeling. Um, and I guess I do. I do feel somewhat hopeful that like that it it could mean change is coming. Um, But I also don't understand like sort of the immediate, like within hours, there were what, three more, three more killings of black people by cops. And it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, not very conspiracy minded, but you're just like, is this not intentional? Like, what is going on? You know, like, is this a message or is this just like business as usual? Like where where it's just a horrible coincidence that, you know, of course, black people are going to get killed right after that because black people get killed constantly. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's a there's a line in a um, Jason Isbell song that basically says experience robs me of hope. Mm. Um, And it's just kind of like you know the historically like it kind of just you know yes i mean i definitely you know it's it's wonderful to see the accountability here and 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 but you know experience like this is just to me my fear that this is just an you know abnormal situation anomaly um and everything else will you know just continue as business as usual right Um, i mean it, it could be a precedent i hope so i mean god i hope so but i mean it's just like you know, you know, you need to really, I don't know. I, this case was really done impressively. Like it was done swiftly and everything was done really neat. It wasn't dragged out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You didn't have judge Ito with his, you know, hourglasses all over the, his desk. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like kudos to them. And I mean, you know, <clears throat> testimony and the videos, I mean, it really, you know, it just proves that, you know, you know, that, possible actual thoughtful court cases can actually do something yeah you know um i don't know but i don't know if that's enough um yeah no i mean like i said it's it is a a, it's just good to see accountability every now and then (laughs) so right you know i don't know i well i read um Oh shoot! I can't think of her last name. There's there's this political organizer in Chicago, mm-hmm. who I follow, um, and she wrote this interesting comment about 
like accountability versus punishment mm. and kelly hayes that's her name um h-a-y-e-s uh that if you're opposed to incarceration as much as you can be glad you can be glad that we're saying that what this man did is wrong you still like punishing him like if we put we putting him in jail is punishment and is not necessarily accountability in the sense that it's not it's not making someone accountable to their community within their community mm. you know like it's not I, and and she didn't really give examples of what that would mean practically right. which is something that i think when like when we've talked in the past about um alternatives to incarceration yeah that that's always the hard part right because you like what do you send this guy to go do you know volunteer work in black communities like what do you after after he's killed someone uh, right. may, maybe i i don't know like i don't know what um that sort of more reparative reparative i don't know if that's really a word justice but i don't know what that looks like versus punitive justice mm. like there because it, it's the, it comes back to that same conversation about there's the keeping the community safe from the person but then there's also like giving the person a chance to make it right if they would but i don't think you can do that if there's not um Ooh, I don't like this word, but like repentance, which is like accepting, like if he doesn't accept that it was wrong. Yeah. Or if he's a fucking sociopath, yeah, who, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, then, you know, is that kind of more like constructive alternative to incarceration possible? Yeah. I mean, like the whole idea of, of, of rehabilitation through incarceration, I mean, um, you know, takes, takes, um, I mean, it takes a village, right? right. Uh, it, it takes a community to <clears throat> to want to to not. I mean, it also depends on the crime, too, right? I would imagine, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, let's not talk about murder or 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 rape or pedophilia because those are really hard to deal with. So let's just talk about <laughs> your straight up burglaries or robberies, right? Um, you know. <laughs> And I was like, and also it's Saturday morning and I just, I can't, I can't kick things off for the weekend with pedophilia. But, um, no, I'm just thinking like, you know, those, <laughs> um, you know, events, you know, if, if there are methods of rehabilitation and the community is open to that, you know, to, to some sort of rehabilitation and, and we can remove the stigma that is attached to people who are incarcerated right um maybe there you know maybe the uh recidivism rate would you know drop even more yeah um but that's hard i mean because you know this this is a this is a hard society and you know it's i don't know i i yeah i don't know like i mean that article that you mentioned i mean it, it, it makes a good point but i don't like like you said i don't know if this guy has it in him to even like you know the i the i mean <laughs> serving 40 years of your life in, in 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 prison will start to make you feel somewhat um sorry you know what i mean yeah but i don't know if Maybe. it's enough to um you know for him to see why it's wrong you know that you really have to understand why what you did was wrong yeah <clears throat> i don't know i yeah it's it's 
it's tough. I, you know, just yeah, police. That's a tough one. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, heard. Yeah. I I heard. Actually, I think I heard her Kelly interviewing the guy who wrote. Uh oh no that that book on policing that right after after uh, George Floyd was killed that you couldn't get a copy of it last summer. I I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to dig it up. But uh, like he says that um, less than five percent of police uh, police calls are in response to violent crime, mm. and that that was really a shocking statistic to me because then that really you know sort of puts in perspective that the like is the like the sort of the cost benefit analysis of like the idea that you have to protect the community from violent people like you know is it really balancing out mm. yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know the, the, the thing i keep thinking about and it's like there's a certain amount of paternalism in like a justice or a penal system you know because oh, the yeah. idea of punishing adults is inherently sort of paternalistic yeah um but I, I i keep thinking like you know like say you like say your kid eggs like a, your 12 year old or 13 year old eggs the neighbor's house right so you could like you could beat the kid and then like they're punished and they know that if like if they do something like that they're gonna get beaten right mm-hmm or like you could have, you can make the kid go clean the neighbor's house and maybe like help them like rake their leaves or whatever, you know? Right. And then it maybe, maybe the neighbor still hates your kid, but like there's, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, there are things you can't, obviously if you murder someone, there's nothing as straightforward as like, I'll just repair the damage because you can't. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's what that's why I left the, that yeah, one, the big but, yeah, I don't even know what that looks like, you know. Yeah, but I I just I wonder like if there is a way to have sort of more structured settings that don't like where you like sort of incorporate people back into communities instead of instead of saying no, we have to we have to put you to the side because you're too dangerous. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, if if that that I don't like if you did, if you did have somebody who'd committed a crime that wasn't a violent crime, like you bring them into around your people and instead of them getting better, you know, like instead they keep doing stuff, then what do you do? You know, I don't. Uh, I don't know. In, in, in demolition, man, they just put them to sleep. Not like that. No, 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 not 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 dead, not dead. But they cryogenically freeze them. Oh, okay. And then they give them like a they give them usually like a um like a trade or something that that's programmed into them when they wake up. Ah, I I remember going to see that movie and I liked it when I was a kid, but I don't remember. The only thing I remember about it was that um was it Sylvester Stallone? Yes, it's Sylvester Stallone. He like Wesley Snipes was the villain and at the end he gets cryogenically frozen by or not cryogenically frozen but he gets frozen with like liquid nitrogen mm-hmm. and Sylvester Stallone swings around and kicks him in the head and his head just shatters mm. 
that's the only thing I remember. I yeah, my I uh the three seashells is also great and how they wipe their ass. What? I don't remember that. So like he wakes up, I forgot how many years later, because also like uh, so they put Wesley Snipe on ice. And they put Sylvester Stallone on ice because his uh, policing ways were way too like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So he has to go on there, and they, and then finally, you know, Wesley Snipes um, accidentally um, somebody on un, un, uncryogenically freezes him, and he's out. But he's like this crazy criminal that the the more civil society that that he, that he's woken up into cannot handle. So they have to then go and get um, Stallone. Because he's the only one, mm. and then um, so basically, after this being frozen for so many years, he has to take a shit, and he can't find any toilet paper. And they're like, "Oh, you have to use your three seashells," but no one ever teaches him how to use your three seashells. <laughs> so, apparently, when you curse, there is like a a, a, a machine that gives that prints out a ticket, like okay. it finds you. Uh-huh. So he just keeps cursing and then takes all the paper and wipes his ass with it. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> but once again, at the end of the you know at the end of the it's movie, it's still never um, explained how to use the three seashells. <laughs> like, is it a scrapey situation? Like, I'm oh, like, no, yeah, some weird ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but. That's actually kind of like a, an amazing thing of like, yeah, if you don't teach people what you want because you just think it's obvious. Yeah, it, it, it's, it was, it's, I, I, you know what? I'm going to have to watch that movie again. <laughs> we should do a watch along of Demolition Man. <laughs> I think we're on to something. <laughs> oh, you know, I had read an article about, um, you know, this is a, this would be up your alley and Tracy's alley about uh, rehabilitation through Garden. gardening. Uh. <laughs> and, um, you know, and like what gardening provides is, is several things of like patience and the ability to um, expect it tomorrow. And then, you know, like kind of um, seeing what, you know, your actions, your previous, your previous actions and how they, um, how they, they can become fruitful, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, like how if you sit and you, you garden, you know, let's say you garden, I don't know, like tomatoes or something. And then yeah. you can see how every day through, through, you know, watering and, and, and constant, like paying attention, but also being patient. Um, you can see the fruits of your labor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, under, and understand that like things aren't an immediacy, like, like, you know, like there is a tomorrow because, you know, Perhaps there's a lot of people's mindsets specifically who, you know, live in in impoverished neighborhoods or, you know, they 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 don't they may not think they have a tomorrow, but at least if you could teach people that yeah, tomorrow's gonna come and your actions today will affect tomorrow. Um, right. you know, it's because they're important. so used to like just sort of living through the moment, like trying to get through. Right. Like, yeah, it's it's the presence so much in their face they can't see. Um, what is it, the forest for the trees or whatever that you know that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool, like just the, that idea. Um, you know, just thinking of different ways to, like, I don't know, to help people. I mean, you know, 
yeah that's know. true because with gardening like there's not and this is part of why i let plants die sometimes is like the there's not immediate gratification a lot of the time yeah that's the word immediate gratification yeah yeah there's, yeah like you just have to keep watering and watering and watering yeah I, yeah i mean I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> I put a seed in something the other that sounded terrible. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded so terrible. It's I true. didn't do that, but I in that in that regard. Where's Tracy at the A frame? No, she's upstairs. Oh okay. So to speak, she's planting seeds right now. Oh. Ew. <laughs> she put a seed in me. No, um, <laughs> No, she's planting seeds, and um, I don't know. She got these uh, bunch of seeds. So they're there upstairs. Because, you know, this is a time where the plants come. Right. She's doing what, vegetables? I, I got it. I, I don't know. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, there's not enough... There's not enough room in the old hard drive to save that. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, there's just more pots around. Little, you know the you know every once a year we start saving milk cartons and i'm like ugh, here we go <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> um it's just too much yeah. um i don't know like hope is tough because it's like you know i i i am a cynic um but i i i try to like leave like a little bit of space for like hope mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can't be like full-time cynic all the time right you'll fucking Run yourself into the ground yeah well i think it was like it's interesting last week was fear and hope is sort of i don't know if it's not the flip side of fear but it's it goes with fear right like it's the yeah it's choosing to reframe the something that you know like i don't know that's the hardest thing for me is you know living with ambivalence living with ambiguity and keeping mm. going like i tend to just block it out instead yeah. of acknowledging it like in that i think that's a different thing is to like w- denial versus hope you know denial is just there is no problem <laughs> <laughs> whereas like hope is like no there's a problem but you know yeah but it, here's how i mean you know you you can look at it with the last two presidents right it's like no, nope, nothing's wrong. You don't have to wear a mask. Don't live in fear. Uh, this will be gone by April. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, you know, go, you know, fast forward to this president where it's like, well, we have to have a plan. And <clears throat> regardless of, I don't, you know, how good that plan is, but at least there's a plan. Or We're at least trying. Yeah. yeah, there's an element or there's like an appearance of a plan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, and it's just, it's just a, a night and day difference of like someone who you know is full of shit and you're like, oh, but then you're like, if oh, someone comes in and they seem pretty experienced, it it does give you hope that you know we can at least you know suppress this this shit that's going on that you know. Yeah, I mean, more, is hope ever a negative? Uh, I don't know. It depends. To a cynic, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you know the the thing about being hopeful and even you know sometimes on the the counter side of that is naive, right? Um is that it's it's you know for someone who's been hurt all the time it's 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 like you you're afraid to put yourself out there right because you're afraid of you know 
that it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely uh, more brave to be hopeful than not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Although, I mean, they do talk about, like, with um, with patient, like, terminal patients that sometimes, like, there does come a point where, like, you keep extending hope that that's a cruelty mm. versus allowing acceptance and just being in yeah. the moment. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of which, and I hope this is not related, really. Like, Gloria, one of my cats has, like, I just found the other night she's got this like growth on her shoulder blade mm. like she's got a little you know hopefully it's not a tumor but you know oh, maybe no. it's a tumor yeah i gotta get a vet appointment for her but she's yeah. she's so old <laughs> she's so old she's she's gonna be 19 in mm. june um no i like i took yesterday off because i had a doctor's appointment and um the night before like i wasn't particularly like anxious about it but um i i kept waking up because she's like she can't meow and so she just like sort of squeals like shrieks mm. and she just she just kept like wanting to like she just wanted me to hold her Oh no! I was like, oh yeah. No. I mean, she's she's been shrieky lately, sometimes in the afternoon. But I, you know, like I've kind of thought she's a little bit batty, like she kind of has dementia. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I hope she's okay. She's she's tiny, you know. Uh, she's she's so old. Maybe it's something they have to drain. I don't know. <laughs> maybe like, I don't know. it's a lipoma. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hoping was like, it's just, you know, it's just a little gross and hopefully it's not a tumor. But there's that word again, hopefully, like, you know, so I I guess the difference is I'm going to make a vet appointment and not just be like, well, hopefully. And I mean, but we'll see, like, if if she is so old that I don't know, you know. What she could take, right? Like, yeah, like it's not that it wouldn't be worth it. It would be, you know, like I'm like I'm willing to pay whatever if she needs something, but, um, I, you know, you don't want to put them through mm-hmm. something crazy. So yeah, their quality of life is really what you don't want to make it worse for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was weird. So, um, but then I had I I got a new doctor yesterday, and she was amazing. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, that was because I I couldn't really get, I I couldn't I couldn't get in with her last year, and also like it was just so hard to, um, like with COVID not being able to go into offices, like you can't really. It's hard to do like a new GP situation yeah. in a televisit. So, um, so yeah, I feel really hopeful about that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's nothing. Um... I remember last year I had gotten a new doctor and because of COVID there wasn't like a long line of people and it wasn't much. And he, he literally sat down and spoke with me for like a half hour and it was like, Oh, right. Yeah. The best. And it was like the best appointment I ever had because like there was no pressure to get me out of here, like an assembly line. And also like it was informative, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like um, whether he was pretending or not, he seemed like he gen- genuinely cared. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's all I need, you right. know? So, yeah, you know, good, good doctor is, is definitely hard to find. 
no, I, uh, I, it was definitely worth the wait to get in with her. So that was cool. awesome. Yeah. That yeah. Is- I don't know. It was kind of a, it was a little bit of a, a weird week. I, I can't really, well, I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> well, I mean, every week is a weird one. Every every, week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I don't think I even, I can't even remember really watching. I, I'm sure I did watch stuff, but I don't know what. Oh, I watched, I watched like an old season of Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you're looping the loop. Yeah, you're like, oh, I've seen this one before, but this is my favorite. Well, because The Office <laughs> is gone. The Office, Where is it? It's on, it's, on, uh... it's on Peacock now. Oh, I, we'll, we'll speak later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have some completely legal, ethical things to speak to you about. <laughs> we'll just have a conversation, a little chit chat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely. There were a couple times this week where I was like, "Oh, this is the place that I'm usually in when I start watching The Office again." You know, speaking of, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because actually, was, I forgot that I actually wanted to talk to you about this. Oh yeah. All right, so I stopped watching The Office sometime around 2010. Okay. And I don't know what season that would have been. It was before Michael left. Okay. And you know how the show was funny, uh, but I just had lost interest. I had a lot of things going on personally, and I just stopped watching a couple of TV shows. Uh Uh-huh. I watched an episode recently. It was the one with the summer interns, and I don't know if you – some people really can chronicle and remember every freaking episode of The Office. Uh Uh-huh. Um. It's really not it's it's really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> like specifically in today's mindset, it's really uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because of the like because of the racial stuff? It's uh the racial stuff, the stuff like um there was another episode cuz you know they're usually on a loop on Comedy Central and it's like um uh, Michael's getting a colonoscopy. And he calls yeah. an Oscar because Oscar is the gay character. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm getting a colonoscopy. How do I make this more pleasurable? Yes. And I'm just like, oh, my. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm. This is not funny. <laughs> so I guess, like, it depends how you look at it, because in and I've listened to all the like podcasts about like the the creation of the office and yeah. like what the intention was behind it and all that but the thing is like michael is not the hero oh no no definitely and he's it's never okay when he says that stuff and so like the the framework of it is that they like one of i think the second or third episode is where he's in the the very first season is where he's told that Chris Rock joke. Yes. And said the N-word in the office. And so then like corporate sends in um somebody to give like it's it's called the episode is called Diversity Day. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's it I don't know. I feel like I don't know I don't know if like my opinion on it as a white person you know get like gets i don't know if i get to say it's okay right yeah but they were they like raised these issues like they they talked about like with oscar the idea was that like it was it was one of the first shows that was just like 
yeah, of course there's a gay guy where you work. There's a gay guy where everybody works. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether you have a problem with it or not. But like, there's like, there's a, a gay guy that, you know, you're friends with and that annoys you and <laughs> like does all the things that your coworkers do because they're just part of your life. And so that was, I think that was more the perspective that the, like, it was more about normalizing, like that Michael's take on things was what is, was not okay, that he was the buffoon. Yeah. No, and I, and I, I could see that, you know, more like an Archie Bunker type thing. Yeah. Um, Where, you know, you're supposed to watch it, even though I, I would think that, you know, more people, they're really two complete different things. Um, But I, I, yeah, like you're not supposed to. um you're not supposed to romanticize the beliefs of Michael or Archie. Right. Um, even though some people might have romanticized Archie's. <laughs> but, right. But, uh, well, it always goes back to that thing that like made Dave Chappelle quit, right? Where he was yes. just like, I realized that there were people who didn't realize it was a joke and they were just like, oh, it's awesome that that black man is telling the truth about black people. Yeah. And like they're laughing a little, uh, slightly a little bit different. Like, yeah. you know, like it's not, it's not in the same vein of like how, how their interpretation is not in the same vein. So right. therefore what they're laughing at, it's not, it's not what the joke is meant for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, that's exactly it. Um, and you know, I, I will say this, like I find Seinfeld more offensive than, um, than the office. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just the way like all the episodes dealt with, you know, Asian people, uh, Latinos, um, even like, I can't, I can't recall much about um, black culture in, in Seinfeld, but maybe its absence in itself is slightly yeah. <laughs> offensive. It you is. know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, you know, and you know, this is something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like Seinfeld is is way more sinister of a show. Hmm. Well, because it, this is something. Have you watched any of um, comedians in cars getting coffee? No, I, I really don't like Seinfeld. Okay, so I I did watch it because I like interviews with comedians, and I I get a little bit of a kick out of I didn't I didn't really watch Seinfeld the show. Yeah. Um, I get a little bit of a kick out of him now that he's this older guy. Mm-hmm. But one thing that makes me like he can he can relate to people in a a very genuine way. Because he sort of never changes who he is. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. He's going to react the same way to what you said. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a part of that where he thinks his perspective is, like, is the correct perspective on what is normal and what is okay. And so he's constantly policing people. Mm. And I feel like that was... Like, that had to have been part of the Seinfeld. Like, I mean, humor is about having a perspective, right? But right. I think there's a, a there's a big difference between... And I see this in UK humor a lot of the time, too, where they'll just be like, you're pronouncing that wrong. Like, they think... Like, I've seen, like, on game shows where they'll gang up on somebody for saying, like, one syllable of a word differently. Where they're just like, oh, that's not correct. Mm, okay. And I I feel like there's that same kind of influence where like where you're pointing out that like oh you're like where you're just othering people, yeah, and saying like oh you're like what you're doing it's funny that you're different, and it's like no that's um, 
that's a fucked up perspective (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I, i i don't know with seinfeld because he's so like just like like of course you want fancy cars and tennis shoes and of course i should wear a suit coat with my jeans this is what you do yeah you know like of course i want a a model life why wouldn't you it's what you do well i think with him like his wife wasn't she like 16 when they started dating he was like 30 something (laughs) i don't know she was like 18 i'm not he was she wasn't underage but it was like kind of like like a huge age gap um doesn't he has like huge beef with um bobcat gold goldthwaite gold yeah because there's this woman um fuck i can't think of her last name her first name is bridget she's this comedian and like um she's a burlesque performer and an actress and she's a really tall woman and she's a big woman and uh like she's she's friends with amy schumer actually um You would you would know her if you saw her because she pops up in all kinds of stuff. But he interviewed her on Seinfeld did on the the comedian show, right? And he they were like you know they were out somewhere getting coffee, and something came up about Bobcat. Oh, but they had to bleep it, mm-hmm. and he just went on this rant about him. And like Bobcat was, is one of her like mentors and somebody mm. that she's worked with a lot. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, apparently that I looked, I looked it up afterwards and it apparently like Bobcat, you know, said a bunch of stuff about, uh, about Jerry just constantly being with underage women. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. Cause like you, they had like there was I don't know what I was watching, but you start hearing these stories of these comedians back, you know, like when they were all coming up, like the older ones, like Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and and you start to see like the hierarchy of like you know this guy's made, you know he's he's on the up and up, he's you know he's getting a show, and like you just start to like you know little stories here and there will come out from other comedians, mm. and you start hearing like oh you know this guy, you know he he just kept to himself, or he was kind of a dick sometimes, whatever you know. And it seems like Seinfeld would be one of those guys, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Um, but it's also, like, weird, like, you start hearing the stories, like, remember when Louis C.K. and then you, you, with his little incident? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're, like, then all the stories come out about how, like, uncomfortable he made everybody. Yeah. It's just, like, yeah, like, the, being backstage at, you know, comedy show as a woman, it's probably not easy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I've probably told you this before. Like the, the first time I ever performed, like the, the MC, like he, he, I mean, he was saying all kinds of misogynist stuff, but then like there was a family that had, I think a 12 year old Mm -hmm. kid that was sitting right off the stage. And the guy was like, why is this kid here? And then he like jumped down and like, put his finger under the kid's nose and said like that he'd been like that he'd been fingering a woman basically so that was like the kid's first chance to get a whiff well that's pleasant it was super pleasant and then like every (laughs) i think i was i i might have been the only woman that performed uh and at least at least up until we left (laughs) and the guy right before me was like 
a pretty heavy guy but was saying all this stuff about um yeah about women not wanting to fuck him and like that they but that they were they were gross which i'm not saying he was gross for being heavy but it was just funny like he was saying all this stuff about women's appearance and it was just like dude you're not like you're not stereotypically handsome yourself yeah and so then i got up and like i got i got laughs like i got a lot of laughs and um you know it was it was scary because it was my first time performing but like it was it, it went pretty well like i felt good about it and the friend from my class that i was with uh he went up and i think his went pretty well and then like and brian was with me and we once we were done we were like cool we're not gonna win it was like a show not a showcase but like a a thing where if if they thought you did well they'd bring you back another night okay kind of like a you know like pyramid contest thing Mm -hmm. and so we were like that's cool like we just wanted to get up before we did our class show yeah and have some experience and so we were leaving and this waitress came up to me and said i don't think you should leave yet because i think you did well and let me go let me go and she went and talked to i don't know if it was the mc or the manager and but she came back in a minute or two and she just looked really embarrassed and she was like yeah i'm I'm sorry he said that uh it, it's not the right night for your kind of comedy what did that even mean it meant that i was a woman oh okay i mean that's how i took it anyway because it i don't know i mean i i feel like i can just straight out say that that i i mean i know i got laughs and i had two other people with me you know who also confirmed like i i know i did better than yeah just about anybody else who went because i wasn't like everybody everybody was just saying like sort a lot of people in um like early comedy like they just say like the most vulgar things they can think of because yeah. it, like it's just shot comedy yeah um, yeah mm-hmm. and i'm not saying like i'm not saying i'm a comedic genius and i obviously have not particularly had success or tried that hard um <laughs> but it it just i don't know it, it is a weird thing it's yeah. just like there's just so much like hatred of women like when in my class they used to like make jokes about like you know oh we, like i've i've heard so many times women use too much toilet paper there was this there was this one night where i heard that joke from like multiple different guys and so then by the time i got up to perform like i didn't do any of the material that i was planning on working on in the class and just like started doing this rant about like so which is it guys like women's pussy smell or they don't use enough toilet paper tell me which one you want which is cost effective for the home really yeah (laughs) it's just such a weird thing it's just like why is this what you would be talking about i i I think or you, you probably back then too was that like 2000 like that was the the shock comedy right like you had those, yeah i mean even well the mid 90s was your andrew dice clay and shit like those dudes right but it just makes it seem like to get up and if you're a man or like as a woman even if you get up and you only talk about another the other gender it's just like so you're not gonna talk about your own experience at all really like you're not well, I mean, you're not going to take any hits yourself. You're just going to yeah. you're, you're just going to like stay safely outside of it and 
but it is pretty telling, people. right? I mean, if you talk about yeah. other people, it's pretty telling about you as a person, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing is, I love vulgarity. <laughs> I like. I have no problem with. I really have no problem with vulgarity. It's just that the stuff was never funny. It was only vulgar. Yeah. It was like they yeah. thought the joke was that it was vulgar. Right. Right. The the yeah using a a curse word is not the punchline. Right. You know, it's like there needs to be more meat on this. You know. Well, yeah, just saying stuff that's nasty to be nasty. I don't know. I I mean, there were times like my um, my stand up coach. He would he would let me come in. Like he would call me if he had a a spot in one of his class shows that you know if he had space for me. Basically, he would call Mm me, and like it was just palpable relief from the audience after I would you know say like two things. Like once they, after just the horrible thing, like the, I remember once I went up and the guy right before me was talking about groping women in elevators and it was, it was so uncomfortable. There was just dead silence from the audience. It was because none of it was funny. And he was talking about assaulting women in elevators. But back then it wasn't assault. Oh no. The the, the times were different. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just, I mean, I remember, like, getting up and starting and, you know, like, made a joke and called, call me crazy, you know, doing stand-up, made a joke. And people laughed and, like, you could just feel the, like, oh, thank God. Like, this person, this person is, like, doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, it's weird. No, yeah, I mean, I could, I mean, I could imagine, like. I don't know. Well, now there's nothing really happening, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure what I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm sure that genre, so to speak, still exists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, there's, there's, there will always be people who hate themselves, but still want attention. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I don't hate myself, but I'm old enough that I don't hate myself that much, you know? Well, it's, you know, you're, it's day by day, you learn. Day by exactly. This growth. And it, right. And, like, hate yourself, but don't talk about it into a microphone. Good Lord. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing with this? <laughs> what is this podcast? <laughs> it's hopeful. It's hopeful. It's hopeful. Yeah. Oh. Um, I learned a random thing on, uh, I, it feels related to hope, but it's really not, uh, that have you ever heard with, uh, baking that like, sometimes they call it when the, like, when the bread is rising, that's the bread is, um, it's proving the bread. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, and so like you have like proofing drawers where you can like, let the bread rise. It's because it's proof that the yeast works. Yeah. That's what. That's where I never had heard that before. This no, is- I, I don't think I've heard it, but it makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, you know, as I don't make bread, but I'm always making pizza dough. <laughs> oh yeah, what's your what's your go to topping? On pizza? Yeah. Well, if I have like bacon, I'll put bacon on it. Oh I wow! Like bacon and mushrooms is my probably favorite. Nice. Because because if the dough tastes like shit, at least you have bacon on it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, well, this dough is not that good, but the bacon and mushrooms are delicious. Delicious. Yeah. 
So, what about like, you? Did you watch anything this week? Yeah, uh, I watched the first episode of Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Mayor, like the like the elected official. No, mayor, like M A R E, like a horse. But it, oh, it's, okay. It's um, it's it's Kate Winslet. It's her name, Ooh. Mayor. Yeah, she's like a oh, like, like Mayor, like Mayor Whittingham. Is that her name? Okay, it's a name. I guess. Yeah, it's a name, and she's like it's like it takes place in like a like a you know white working class um town in like Pennsylvania, and she's like a detective and. Um, it's just, you know, the first episode just sets up all the characters and then, you know, some shit goes down in the end Okay, uh, first, which is gonna, you know, but you know, it's Kate Winslet. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> is she, she's Australian. Is that right? Uh, she's British. Oh, okay. Oh, it's the other Kate she's... that's Australian. Uh, Kate. Blanchett. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's Australian. Yeah. How are the Kates? Oh, the kites. But it was good because I, I did see she was in something so that. I enjoyed it. I mean, if it, it's just, you know, it reminded me of, you know, the. Do you ever seen that Ben Affleck movie, The Town? No. So it's like all like, you know, in Boston and like working class, like I think Southie or whatever they call it in Boston. It's like just like, you know, um, you know, thick accents that are regional and, um, you know, and just like people's lives who are just, you know working class lives you know mm-hmm. they're just trying to like get by by you know working every day and you know this shit sometimes this shit doesn't work out sometimes it does you know i don't know it, it was it was to me it was pretty good and like i said kate winslet you can't go wrong right she's so pretty she really is um i mean not in this show though she she looks she's really she's really playing the part yeah <laughs> you know but um yeah it's 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 good. I enjoyed it. I definitely recommend um cuz you know the acting's pretty good and the story so far seems good. Nice. Um on the topic of hopefulness. Mm-hmm. Do you feel how do you feel now that you're vaccinated? Um do you feel a little lighter yet or lighter? No, I actually probably gained like 2 3 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I'm still very cautious. I don't I don't trust anybody or yeah. anything. You know, I mean, I feel like, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I, you know, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not in the mood to get sick, you know? Right. What about you? Do you feel, like, better? Because you're vaccinated as well. I do. I mean, I feel better now that um, more people around me yeah. have it as well. Um yeah, I don't know. It's it does feel it does feel a little looser, I guess. I mean, I think we're we're sort of hitting a tipping point where the people who haven't got it, it's if if they don't decide to, it's not really gonna get better. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I look at the numbers every day, and in New York, the weekly averages drop. Um, New York City has dropped to like two point, I think nine something. So I mean, it's it's significantly dropping day to day. But yeah, you know, you know I it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the more I think three point eight million are vaccinated in New York City. So like, if it could be one of those things where like people are not going to get tested because they don't feel anything, they're more asymptomatic. 
mm-hmm. but they still could possibly have it. Um, yeah. And the, just a vaccine is doing its job, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I don't know how any of this is going to work. Um, you know, I, we'll see, but I mean, you know, long, you know, it's also getting warmer. So the same thing happened last year where the numbers started dropping, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, as it, people hang out outside and, you know, people are, you know, the, the heat, so the humidity in the air will lower transmission. Who knows? Right. I don't know. I mean, what can you do? Just stay inside. Um, <laughs> 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 inside. It's like I'm living like my my when I was a kid all over again. Everyone out, everyone is outside playing, and I'm stuck in the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there was an article in the Times this week about that, about like how it's going to be hard for people to ease up after they've gotten so used to being cautious. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's what I think is really funny is humans are really quick to forget shit. So I think they just adapt to whatever. So one, it'll take like a day or two and people just, you know, you know, show up like, you know, I, I've been going, you know, physically to my office a couple of days a week for, oh, that, right. for like the past couple of weeks. And um, at first it was kind of like, you know, weird weird and then all of a sudden you start to slowly but gradually you know kind of feel a bit more comfortable and also start to let your guard down slightly mm-hmm. and i think as humans that's just something that we do um because it's just hard to be on all the time yeah like on red alert yeah so yeah. i mean i i i think that uh, <clears throat> i mean unless you're in florida where people just don't give a fuck but you know <laughs> yeah i think we'll we'll eventually get back i mean god i still think we have like another year not so much being as restricted as last year but i, I think just we have another year and a half left of this you yeah know? yeah well look at india look at brazil yeah you know and i think part i don't did india pause on the on the distribution of astrazeneca and is that why this happened i'm not sure because I'm wondering, like, because, yeah, it just totally blew up, right? Yeah, and I think also as it as it started to surge in the cities, a lot of people fled to the country, and then it just ripped through the countryside yeah. because they don't have, like, remotely the resources to treat people. Yeah, and, it, and it, I mean, those, there's, the density is, is really the problem yeah. Um, there, and, yeah, the resources. It's like what happened w- with us here, but even even more so. Yeah, because the whole country is dense, pretty much. Yeah, like, you know, and I know that the you know they they the AstraZeneca was a big thing there because of the lack of refrigeration. Oh, okay. And you know, it's such a it's it's such a hard place to store. You know, you know, so you could just take it with you and start like poking people. <laughs> um, I don't know. I yeah. I I hope that uh, that that goes down really soon because that's not cool. <laughs> I don't know. Oh well, we are we are hopeful. I there is hope. Well, you know, also with the you know, hope springs eternal, right? Yeah, it has to. Because otherwise what do you do? Just stay in the winter. Lay down and die. <laughs> All right, who wants to spin? Who wants to I don't know oh, is it where, oh, here it is. 
All right, so here we go. Passionate? <laughs> All right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to spin again? Hold on. Hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, exhausted. All right. Exhausted? Yeah. Okay, exhausted it is. Exhausted from passion, am I right, ladies? (laughs) Plant a seed. (laughs) Tracy's planting a seed. (laughs) Just seeding it up upstairs. Non-stop seeding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so next week we'll talk about exhaustion, but in a light and chipper way. I think that could be, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what we do. So everybody have a good week. Oh, also, I don't know if we mentioned, this is Broken Corners. I'm Karen. (laughs) I'm Mondo. (laughs) And we're hopeful that next week you'll listen again. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> Can't get enough. Can't get enough. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. <laughs>